Well, it seems it's time for another Bet News Update. I'm Ray Koob. I'm Marcus Goldman. And when you... Need to know... Uh, get bent. I needed to know more when I found out that If These Walls Could Sing is a documentary coming out about Abbey Road Studios, Marcus. I saw this, and with some of the other fantastic documentaries out there, it was only a matter of time before we got to see the Abbey Road documentary, so I'm stoked to watch it. And it's appropriate that the director is Mary McCartney, someone who practically grew up there, I suppose. Daughter of Paul, pulling it all together, all the interviews that will be if these walls could sing, and what a song they would sing, Marcus. (laughs) Whatever it is you check to find out when it's going to be on your device, it's out December 16th on Disney+. Plus. It wasn't even on my radar when we started this Newsweek, Marcus, but Jethro Tull confirming that they are about to release their 23rd album. That is insane, but they've been doing it for over 50 years, and they've been Don't remind me. Hey, they've been making great music this entire time. I'm excited to hear what they have to do. Plus, he's been spending time on the road over the last bunch of years. Other than the pandemic, of course, he's still been an active road dog. You'll have to wait to find out more about the album. Look for it in the spring. And once again, he's working with Pineapple Thief's Bruce Sword on this new album. Marcus, as you know, artists often do a lot of soul-searching in the process of creating music, and especially when they're making an album that's going to be out there forever. But you might not expect that Bruce Springsteen went through a lot of soul-searching while he was putting together the album Only the Strong Survive. I was reading about all of this and the fact that he wasn't happy with what he had originally done and had to re-record says a lot about him and about his expectations, about his standards. If he's going to pay honor or tribute to those who inspired him, then he's going to do it the right way in a way that he finds acceptable. Word is the turning point was when he found the song that was the first release track from the album. Frankie Wilson's Do I Love You, and boy, do we love that one, right, Marcus? Oh, God, it is such a beautiful, soulful rendition of that song that the boss has done. Fantastic. Love it. say to you, Marcus, it's always the quiet ones that you have to watch, right? Indeed, and the quiet ones often give you the most information when they decide to speak. (laughs) Like drummer Paul (laughs) Cook of the Sex Pistols? Like him indeed. Cook recently talking to the NME, and he was talking about when they got back together in 96 that they could have made another album, that they could have made a really good go of it, but they didn't then. And the suggestion that they were to get together now was absolutely bollocks to him. Right there in the interview, he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not happening. And one of the reasons for that is because he didn't want to relive some of the crappy things that happened in their 1996 reunion because it all started out groovy and 
lovey-dovey and all that. And once the honeymoon was over, not only Johnny, but they all did. All their old resentments and all their old angers started building up again. And then it blew up and they were all like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck all, fuck all, fuck all. You know? And that's why they'll never play together again. But thanks for settling that, Paul. (laughs) Another one of our favorites in the headlines this week, Marcy, walking off stage essentially in Los Angeles about halfway through because he was too cold. Man, that dude went full frickin' diva. It's ridiculous because I've seen Alice in Chains and Velvet Revolver play in blistering rain that was so thick that the sound cut through the rain, but they were out there toughing it out. For him to complain about it being too cold in L.A., come on, man. I know it's November, but you checked the writer when it said the Greek theater's open air outdoors, right? Excuse me, I'm too cold. Fuck off. (laughs) And then the next day, he announced that his forthcoming album, Bonfire of Teenagers, man, that's an ugly sight. I wonder what the cover will look like. It's not going to be released in February 2023, Marcus. It is not. We don't know when it's going to be released as of this point. And, you know... You know what? As the world turns around me, starring Marcy continues on the imbalanced history of rock and roll. <laughs> <Bandu's update. laughs> hey, Marcus, guess who's overwhelmed about being nominated for four Grammy Awards? Yeah! The Prince of Darkness himself? Yes, Ozzy Osbourne didn't expect it, I suppose. I don't know why. I mean, Patient Number Nine's a good tune, and the guitar yep. work is fantastic. I really enjoy playing that one, and I enjoy hearing it when it comes on my playlist. A lot of focus around that first release, the title track with Jeff Beck, and that incendiary off-the-chart solo that he adds to it. He's going to be a nervous mess. You know this, right? I bet he's always nervous. <laughs> We've been hearing a lot about the economy and the impact it's having on things, and a lot of artists have been talking about it, but Anthrax is going to be the first band to have to cancel a European tour because it costs too fucking much to do it. Anthrax had planned their 40th anniversary UK-European tour for September, October, and November of 2022, but pulled all the dates apart from the eight UK shows because of the cost of touring It sucks that that's where we are, because music is so important. Bassist Frankie Bello told Total Rock, quote, When I saw the numbers, they were literally triple what they originally started as. We would be coming home at such a loss. You don't mind a little bit of a loss just to play to the fans, but such a loss, we would have been really bad off for a while, so it didn't make sense. End quote. It's a hard decision to make, but you can't lose your ass for the sake of touring. And this brings up an ancillary issue that you and I discuss from time to time because we're always thinking about the hungry and the food insecure. And it turns out during this crazy time that we're all living in, 90% of working musicians say they are food insecure and worried about being able to afford food regularly. That number is just crazy and mind-blowing and extremely upsetting. It is a small part of a bigger problem that we as a society are not addressing properly. We've got to turn the whole thing in the right direction. Let's try to do it the right way and keep in mind the next time you hear a guitar player in the street 
or somebody blowing trumpet in a train station. Give them a buck. Do what you can because you're feeding people when you do that. Look at it that way and we'll start to turn this thing around. Yeah. Sad news this week in the newsroom. We all love Roberta Flack. This news is heartbreaking. She's been diagnosed with ALS. The first Sadly, she can no longer sing. We found out this week. Yes, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease is a progressive disease. And a lot of times it starts in your legs and moves up your body, slowly paralyzing you. And eventually your breathing and your vocal cords get hit and you lose speech and all of that. And it's so heartbreaking to see this. Uh, slow degeneration. As you well know in a personal sense, so let's not beat around that bush. You know what it's like because you watched it happen to your dad. Correct. And it affects you directly that way. But we all know someone or a story about someone who's been taken by this horrible disease that we still are learning so much about. And the fact that she was diagnosed at 85 or 86 is extremely late. Usually the diagnoses are in the 40s and 50s. There are two types of ALS that we know about. One of them tends to go into remission and slowly, slowly breaks your body down versus the type 1 or the one that most people are familiar with that usually breaks you down in four to five years and it shuts your body down. A pair of losses that we have to discuss in the music world this week. One hitting close to your punk rock heart. Keith Levine, founding member of Public Image Limited and The Clash, dead at 65. This is a sad loss for a lot of people in the music industry who had the chance to work with him and really enjoyed it. His time with Public Image Limited was fantastic and the music that he did with them was beautiful. The fact that he was one of the original guitarists of The Clash, but then left because, number one, he didn't really want to be a part of uh, all of the politics that Joe was a part of. And then there were a few other chemistry issues as well, but it wasn't like bad or negative. It just wasn't the right fit, I don't think, for The Clash and for uh, Keith. But he found his groove with Public Image, and boy, did they make some cool-ass music over the years. Going back to the previous generation of Cosmic Riders, we lost Nick Turner of Hawkwind this week. He was 82. Early on, they melded the music of progressive rock, space rock, if you will, and heavy stuff. And starting as a roadie, becoming their bass player and the founding member of Motorhead, Lemmy Kilmeister, part of the Hawkwind family. 
safe sailing to Nick Turner of Hawkwind. Free Coop and Marcus Goldman on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll Bent News Update. You know what's coming up really soon, buddy? A very special birthday in the world of rock and roll. Are you referring to? Can you imagine the party they'd be throwing for Hendrix at his 80th birthday? It would be next Sunday, the 27th of November. And it would be off the charts crazy. There are various celebrations around the country. You can find them online if there's one near you, including Cafe Wa in New York City, a special place in Hendrix history. Before we wrap up this week's Bent News update, Marcus, where are we going on this week's episode of the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll? We are going back to the island of Montserrat. Oh, goody. As this is a destination that is on both of our bucket list. Yes, not only because of Air Montserrat Studios, but just because of the vibe of the island. And our guest will be author Brian Sallerson, who wrote Island Music, the History of Air Studios Montserrat. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. And that's going to do it for this edition of Bent News. I'm Marcus Goldman. I'm Ray Coob, I think. <laughs> and when you need to know, get, get bent. bent.